on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Thursday, July 20th, L.A. Galaxy still on a break for a little bit getting ready to enter into league's cup league's cup kicking off tomorrow where Messi will make his debut for inter miami we're going to talk about Messi coming in a little bit what that might do to rules how rosters all that sorts of fun we have a game to talk about the debacle the massacre in vancouver thanks to one man can you blame it on one man yes you can i believe you can let's talk a little bit about that game we're gonna get you through mls all-star game we're gonna get you through transfer stuff that's sort of heating up had a little insight into some things we can share with you not a whole bunch of stuff don't go crazy with it but we'll help you out just a little bit on that and get you all the way through it league's cup all-star game any news anything else we'll pile that on right in time glad to have you here as we missed the show on monday we're back on a thursday here to help me out we're glad to have him it's eric the portuguese hammer beer eric how's it going buddy it's going all right we're back we're getting took a little bit of a break the galaxy took a little bit of a mental break over the weekend so you know as as you like to say they were on a break so we're back it's hot over here it's hot over here yeah yeah it's 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 not fun not fun right now no i you know whatever whatever i I, there's there's a lot of stuff i could talk about one is that i had a margarita in a can before this because i was sort of like you know it's close to friday i don't i yeah Friday Junior is what they call it. Yeah, it's Friday Junior. Why not come home? It was hot outside. I went to check on my 3D printer. It broke, so that didn't that didn't work well. I was like, why not have a margarita, right? It's hot and the whole deal. Jake wanted to play on a splash pad. That wasn't happening because he did it yesterday. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. A lot of busy, you know, summer stuff sort of yeah. going on. We have swimming lessons every single Tuesday and Friday now. It's That's a tons of fun. it's a busy time. Kids swimming is possibly the most humorous thing you can watch because yeah, they either it love it or they hate it. Yes, the the instructors are, are truly saints for working the magic that they do. It is it is impressive to see what they do. So yeah, I totally hear you on that. And I'm right there with you being home with the kids during the summer. Uh, you know, if I haven't said it before, I think I've said this plenty of times to thank your teachers when school's back in session because, <laughs> uh, you know, your one or two that you have at home or three or four, whatever you have, you know, multiply that times, uh, times four or five. And you can imagine uh, what a lot of people are dealing with you know, for nine months out of the year. So fun times. Give everybody, I have to go do something. So I need you to take over for like 10 seconds. But 
Um, give everybody just sort of your general thoughts on the game and and I, the Vancouver game. We have to go all the way back. We have to bring back yeah, bad memories. Most true. people have moved on, but we haven't talked about it yet. So so tell people a little bit about what you think about the game. <laughs> this is uh, what we call a very special COG Corner of the Galaxy episode because we do a Monday show and a Thursday show all in one. Um, I feel like last week when we gave our recap, sometimes I like to you know say, oh, we don't know what we're talking about. We don't know anything. But last week I feel like I get to point to myself and say, hey, this is not just a hat rack, my friend. Uh, it was. I predicted that it was going to be the real letdown. I said to be careful of Vancouver at home. They've had good results at home, 5-0 versus Montreal, 6-2 versus Houston. And then we saw what they did to the Galaxy in the matter of, uh, you know, what is it, 23 minutes. They already were up 3-0. Kind of a funny anecdote <laughs> with myself. I was out, I mentioned last week, we're heading out on the boat, which actually the weather surprisingly cooperated. Okay, good. And there was a man-made body of water very close to, I had no clue that there was this large lake in Louisville, Texas, but that's neither here nor there. But moral of the story, I got home about 15 minutes into the game and they were already down 2-0. I was like, what happened? How did it all go wrong so quickly? And and Vancouver kind of showed, we talked about the early goals that they've scored, the high scores that they had run up on other teams. So this was almost predictable. We knew that the Galaxy were going to kind of come crashing down to earth at some point with the injuries. Uh, and they looked a little bit tired in that opening stretch, and it seems like they dug themselves a pretty nice little hole. Um, the good thing about it, the positive, is they did show some fight after Mavinga got the red card and after they got that third goal and led in the penalty. In the second half, they looked better. You saw Gaston Brugman you know, absolutely put a goal of the year cool. contender. Maybe not nice. it's going to be a winner with some things that we've seen. But just right. the one-time volley off of a set piece, Anytime you see that, that's beautiful. So Brugman got his, Delgado making his run and getting his goal. And you thought, wait, are the Galaxy going to be in this? And then, of course, it all kind of fell apart towards the end. My analysis, as I look back and kind of think back of this game, I feel like it was a one-game summary of the entire 2023 Galaxy season. You had this horrible, awful start, which was like our winless in seven to -hmm. start the season. You had one man who did so bad that he got himself dismissed. So yeah. you have your Chris Mavinga, your Chris Klein uh, kind of movements. Then you had your bright spot and your fight back, which is kind of the El Trafico Rose Bowl victory, your Brugman banger that, you know, that kind of where, where that falls in. And then they're shorthanded, but still somehow in it. Maybe that's the injury bug that the Galaxy have seen, but they're still kind of within playoff distance. But eventually everything's going to catch up with them and they're going to fall too short. So that part of the season hasn't happened yet, but it feels like maybe the Galaxy have dug themselves too deep of a hole this season. Right. And so we can finally start to kind of look towards 2024 when, when you think about the signings that are happening around the league and kind of the quietness with the Galaxy signings that are not coming in, even though there is the ban, but we did hear about free agents that are available, that maybe the Galaxy are looking towards 2024 as well. So I just felt like this one game was a miniature version of how the entire 2023 season has played out. It, it was interesting. I, I mean, it just feels like you you rode the Mavinga train as far as you could, right? And then it went off the bridge, right? It was one of those where you were like, hey, you he's know, doing great. we have hey, to, he's holding up. He's holding <laughs> yeah. up. He's staying yeah. on time. You know, the whole deal, he's he's there. He's 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 doing it. Like, he's not making a whole bunch of big mistakes like there was at the beginning. And then you saw everything sort of filter in and, and, and do that. And listen, it's not like the Galaxy had another center back to play. Yeah, you know, that's Tony, very true. by the way, Tony Alfaro made his LA Galaxy debut in the game in order to come in to sort of play. But it wasn't like you were going to replace Alfaro with Mavinga in that game, right? That wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Neil was still, uh, was didn't dress for that game. He was still coming off 
off the injury. So it's not like you had any other choices. You had to play Chris Mavinga and you had to play Calvin Lairdam. And seeing what they had done with the seven game unbeaten streak, I don't think you would have. Nobody would have made that change. And anybody who says they would have made that change is a moron. All right. Because you would have gotten. Can you imagine if Vanny would have thrown in Alfaro instead of Mavinga to start the game and people would have been like, what is he doing? He's your one true center back. That's the guy you bounce. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's easy to look back and say now, but you're right at the time. You you ride the hot hand, and then now maybe you have the excuse not to ride the hot hand, which right. you're forced into it because he has the red card next time MLS play comes in. But for League's Cup, that'll be a different yeah, different, different animal. He can play in that. Uh, starting yeah. lineup, Vanny did rotate a little bit with Jovalich uh, starting up top. I thought that was interesting. I understood why he did it. Yeah. Um, because you saw Jovalich at the end of the last game having the chances and having the shots, and you're sort of like, okay, you know, and, this is his chance again. Yeah. And Judd didn't right. solidify. He didn't have a game that made you say, I'm the starter. Take this away from me. And so I understood. I think that's kind of the game, the game we're going to see back and forth. Until one of them shows out, you're going to see the alternating back and forth because n- neither one of them has claimed that number nine shirt yet. No. And and listen, if you want to know whether or not the L.A. Galaxy can survive down the stretch, it's going to be about the striker play. And somebody has to either the Galaxy brings somebody in who's a difference maker who immediately catches fire or the Galaxy miss the playoffs. Six points back now from the playoff position. This We talked about it being a six point game. Um, it ended up going against the Galaxy on this. Uh, looking at the starting lineup, everything else was pretty much as expected. Raheem Edwards on the left-hand side, which has sort of taken back over that that spot for Aude. Um, which, again, I think Aude is going to be fine. I just don't think he's used to playing this many games and this sort of and with this travel and everything. He's a young guy. Um, and I thought Edwards was fine. I didn't have any major issues well, with Edwards over 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 the last couple games. Yes. And that that's kind of goes to our point of riding the hot hand. The last few games, Edwards has been the superior, you know, outside back in that in that role. Over Aude. Aude has looked shaky at moments where Edwards, what he brings going forward and that kind of that that recklessness, which is also the the negative on Edwards. But it's it's the positive is he he's not afraid when he goes in there and, and crashes forward. He, he brings that extra little edge that right. maybe you need when <laughs> the winger situation can be questionable at times. Yeah, we will. We will sort of see how that plays out as we continue. Um, you know, Mavinga, Leardam and then Caligari and then Jonathan Bond reprising his role back in goal again. Um, and, you know, some question marks around Bond certainly mm-hmm. in this game as well. Um, so you get into this. This is a second minute goal. I mean, we talked about not, <laughs> by the yeah. way, the L.A. Galaxy in 22 games have allowed the first goal in 12 games. Imagine that more than half. They've allowed the first goal. It is such an indictment of the offense that it is crazy. And you could say it's an indictment of the defense. Sure. I mean, anybody who well, f- anybody who but- floats a ball up like that and then somehow nobody can get their head on it and it ends up in the back of the net. That's an indictment of the defense. I'm fine with that. Um, I was going to say, if the game goes on and then you let in the first goal, that's right. one thing. But to score early, I, I feel like you can't blame the offense for that one. No, no. I mean, you know, yeah. well, maybe there was some resting happening on that play. Nobody really went out to close out things. Um, and then that first goal. I mean, Mavinga's flat footed. He is. And there's no reason for him to be yeah. flat footed. Uh, he can't get up. He doesn't cover his guy. And again, this is not a driving cross where like you couldn't get to the spot in time. The ball stayed up in the air for like 10 minutes. It was just these little floated lob cross and. I'll tell you, there were not a lot of people on the post game. It was me as the only regular reporter on that call. Um, so it was me and Greg, and we sort of talked about that. And I was trying to sort of figure out how to ask about Mavinga. And it was just, listen, everybody knows that he's at fault. And I don't know that Greg was going to give you a great answer about it, yeah. right? So it was more like, talk about that start. And he just sort of went through all the things that went happen. And you know who he's talking about in this. These are... Yeah. As much as there there's some team errors 
in that first goal because you shouldn't have allowed the, the cross to come in so easily. But it, it's just simple marking. This is nothing major. And Mavinga can out jump his guy and can't even get under the ball and can't use his body down muscle. And then the ball just sort of is lobbed. It, listen, it's not the best header in the world. Now, Jonathan Bond afterwards, I talked to him um, and he said, you know, we talked about this before the game. He said, but this pitch doesn't bounce. He goes, the ball doesn't bounce on the field. He goes, he goes, we try to, he goes, we try to play. He goes, but there needs to be a better standard in MLS. And he goes, and that sucks to say after I give up, you know, four goals, right? He goes, yeah, yeah, it's easier to say beforehand, right? You're right. And he said the same thing. He goes, it's easier to say beforehand, but we all had this discussion that we knew the ball wasn't going to bounce, that it wasn't. And he called out, he said, MLS needs to have a better standard for what their fields are going to be in the whole deal. And there was a, a, a Vancouver journalist there who was even, what standard do you want them to be to? It's like, it's called grass. Grass, all right? that's it. That's yeah, it. It's pretty, it's pretty grass. simple. Yeah, it's grass. And and like you were saying, the thing that I, I don't, I'm not crazy about things like that when they're said, right. because both both teams play on the same field. And so if the bounces don't work for one team, they don't work for the other team as well. The difference being this is Vancouver's home field, and they're going to be more familiar with that. And maybe that's why they're so good at home and are able to kind of go and shock these teams and, and put up big these big numbers at home. Um, going back to what you're saying about being on the call, it's one of my, you know, I, I like to go to bat for, for my friends here, but I always love when people are like, oh, these journals, they didn't ask the right questions. They're not asking anything tough. It's And when you think about it, it's like, okay, am I going to ask Greg Vanny, hey, Chris Mavinga stunk tonight. How about that? What is he really, what is he realistically going to say that's going to give you anything that other outside of defending your player? You know, maybe if you ask him a question about the goal, sometimes coaches do take the opportunity to you know call a player out but you put that in the coach's hand if you work phrase it in a way where you're slamming the player and asking the question you're not going to get an answer that, that co-signs some of that we've we've talked to some players where maybe you can word questions a certain way and right. kind of guide them into answering a, a, a certain way but i think coaches who are you know in front of the microphones and talking to these people day in day out they, they kind of know better and can probably see right through that so that's one of my favorite games that i like to play is oh why didn't you ask him that it's because i'm not this, a dick why, yeah, yeah exactly i i'm face to face with this person every week you know maybe i i'd like some straight answers eventually there's a good faith kind of argument there you, it doesn't mean doesn't mean that you have to you know <laughs> Uh, you know, bend over for every question as well. You can ask pointed questions, yeah. but there's a way to ask them. Of as course well. there is. There's a tactfulness to it. Of course there is. Um, and, and by the way, even if you ask a question and if it's, if it's more pointed and they get angry, that's okay too. Like I don't take it personally. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. You can get angry. I've had people take questions that were not pointed at all and get angry, which I'm always like, Hmm, interesting. That's, that says something. That's, that's a little like, interesting. Yeah. I feel like maybe I should take advantage of there not being tons of people on this call. Maybe I'll be the person who asks the dumb questions so I can be the, the, the punching bag. Sometimes here. getting yelled at is a, is a, is a, is okay too. Uh, the yeah. Whole you day. need a Nate, right? Yeah, that's right. You do. Uh, let's get to a, a couple just super chats. Cause I want to get to them. They're stacking up a little bit. Uh, Justin says play Johnny Perez, $2 super chat. Thank you for that. Justin, he's playing on LA galaxy too. I don't see him playing up here. I think there's been oh. plenty of times. Uh, you we're going to talk Wrexham. We're gonna yeah, talk we are going to talk Wrexham. So we can. So. There's your opportunity right there. Wrexham, I barely knew him. Uh, AFJA, okay. uh, the, the guys over at AFJA. Uh, shout out to AFJA mom, uh, Conchita, for recovering from knee surgery in time for the Rose Bowl game. Go Galaxy. Good job, AFJA and all those guys. Uh, shout Capuzas. out to Conchita. Great name. Oh. After knee su- surgery, coming back, I... I I dig it. Now I want, now I want pupusas. It's that one <laughs> margarita. Now I want pupusas thing. It's sort of, we're sort of in there. And then, um, uh, Lasso's optimism has joined the chat. $5. New super to chat. The chat yeah. that. Hi guys. New to the chat. Thanks for always taking the sting out of the galaxy. Short fallings. I mean, 
Listen, I mean, if you can't if you can't talk about it amongst your friends, which is what we are here, uh, then yeah. then you can't talk about it. So we appreciate the super chat. Thank you very much. Um, appreciate. It. And if you can't laugh about it, you're gonna cry about it. Again, <laughs> you're not gonna catch me crying no. live on YouTube. Yeah. No, there's there's only there's only there's only a couple acceptable emotions on podcasting. I've told you, you either yeah. get to be angry or elated. That's it. You yeah, either be angry it. or elated. Find the in between. All right. So um, that's how it works. So uh, you know, certainly moving on the first goal has to do a better job of marking. Uh, Bond has to do a better job of covering that. The ball bounces underneath him. Now, the fact... I'm going to say this, and people can... I don't care. People think that they're better than professional players all the time, so <laughs> I, I don't really care what most of you think in terms of what you would have done. I would have made that save. No, you wouldn't have. Um, I will say this. Just looking at the save and the dive that he made, he certainly thought that ball was going to bounce. Whether or not it bounced and how it did, because he was well above it. It was It was an <laughs> awkward landing. I, I, I'm going to... I'll argue the other side of this is that the way it looked, it looked like a savable ball. Right. And we've seen seen keepers make, you know, acrobatic saves. And it just it looked like an awkward landing. And the way he wasn't like he took an awkward slap at it. And but, swipe but does, at it doesn't that doesn't so that it, indicate it something, worse. though? Doesn't yeah, it, it looked it, it looked worse after the fact. Right. So it does raise the eyebrow. Maybe there was a bounce and he wasn't expecting it. But I understand where people are coming from because it looked it looked like a savable ball. It did. And, and you know, Bond has had mo shaky moments in the past. Right. So he doesn't have that benefit of the doubt that maybe no. he had a season or two ago. Still made some great saves in this game, by yeah. the way. Exactly. Um, and I think that gets lost in this. Oh, it absolutely gets lost yeah. in this one, particularly. Um, so that's the first goal. Now, here's my other argument that if you're a defender and you let somebody have basically a free header because Mavinga barely jumped on the on the play. If you let somebody have a free header from just outside the six, I expect that they're going to score. Um, so you can't have that happen. So Mavinga's first goal, Mavinga's second goal. The ball comes in from the right hand side. Right. And he goes to trap it. And it gets away from him and bounces right to a Vancouver player, and they score. Totally a Mavinga problem there. Yeah, I can't. But, I can't save him there. Yeah, you have to give credit to Ryan Gold. Every time they play Vancouver, I mention his name. He was a, a fan favorite when he played in the Portuguese league, and he's just someone who can ball out. And so, whenever you give him a free shot, he's going to make you pay. He's, for it. he's made the Galaxy pay many, many times since he's been with Vancouver. So, and then you, of course, get the Movinga penalty kick uh, in the 23rd minute. Remember, everything happens within 23 minutes here. All right. That's that's really it. That's where you that's where you are are at. 23rd minute is the three nothing uh, three nothing final uh, final sort of score that goes into and takes it all the way through halftime. Vancouver's up three nothing. They convert the penalty kick. Now, the actual penalty kick. Whew. <laughs> I, I'm tired of I'm tired of sounding like the guy who just complains about referees. So in this particular case, I won't tell you that their heads were probably firmly planted up their rear ends on this one. Um, I don't know how you call VAR on that to over to overturn it to not a red card, but a yellow card. That's a second yellow card. That's was, a red card. It was an awkward situation. Yeah, it was uh, a weird, weird, weird call. So Mavinga, in my opinion, and I asked Jonathan Bond about it. I asked Greg Vanny about it. Um, he said, and they both said they thought he did enough to stay out of the play and get to the ball. And I kind of agree. Um, and as a matter of fact, I was like, oh, when I watched it live, I'm like, oh, penalty kick. No problem. Easy penalty yes. kick. Like the whole mm -hmm. deal. Right. And you're like, because it just it's awkward. Right. And the whole deal. You watch that back in slow motion and you can't tell me he doesn't get his body. One stays back behind the defender and two gets around it to touch that ball before he ever makes any contact. And I just don't think that there is any way in God's green earth that VAR says, hey, wait a minute. Oh, there was still definitely a foul, which was what VAR has to do here, right? Because they're trying to overturn a straight red card, 
right? Because the I the so here's what that was it, that's it was just such a unique, weird situation. I, I feel like these are the situations why VAR is created. Because I'm, I was like you in real time, you're like, oh, that that's a no brainer right. penalty. But then when you watch the replay, it's like, okay, maybe you know, maybe it's not a penalty, and then they definitely not a, a straight red. But we're also looking at this from a homer lens. So I think looking at it, you could say the way he jumped and tried right. to make an attempt, maybe he doesn't even get the yellow. But I think maybe you still could call it a penalty right. because there was contact. You know, We can't pretend that right. there wasn't contact. But maybe it wasn't a yellow, and then maybe that changes the game. I, I think that's that was my biggest beef with it is that it didn't have to be <laughs> the yellow. Because if you're going to rescind the straight red, then you can say, okay, it wasn't as bad as it looked. I'm going to take away the straight red and then we're going to leave it uh, at I think, that. I think they're probably yeah. going to go yellow on that only because so here's the here's the argument. And this is why they're arguing. This is basically the straight red indicates that it's the denial of a goal scoring opportunity, a dog. So last man, yeah. um, last man, everything that's sort of in there close to the goal, the whole deal. But in order to get a straight red inside the penalty box, it means that you cannot have gone for the ball. Basically, you know, you're not getting the ball. Yeah. You're going to foul the guy. And that's because they got rid of sort of the double jeopardy, which was. It's dog so and a penalty kick. It's a red card and a penalty kick. They tried to get away from that. Um, and in this particular case, what they found was that Mavinga went for the ball. Now, their argument is that he didn't get the ball because otherwise it couldn't have been a foul because he got the ball first. And it wasn't like he came through the player in order to get to the ball. He would have had to got the ball first. So their argument is that they that he fouled the player. And when they fouled the player, he was going for the ball. And so therefore, it's not a straight red card, but a yellow card. Now, Mavinga, unfortunately, already has a yellow card. Yeah, right. And that's so, where it gets murky. And yeah. so that's why he gets the red card anyway. Right. That's the whole argument here. Um, you were talking about the women's world cup and how yeah. the referee tell, t- tell everybody. I, want, I wanted to shout that out. The, the game times in my central time zone are not favorable. So I feel like I'm not going to catch a lot of the women's world cup, but I did see the highlights and in the opening match with New Zealand versus Norway, they had a VAR call and I really loved the way they did VAR. VAR is not going away. I know there are people who hate VAR it's, and I'm a bit of a VAR. It's apologist. It's here to stay. And it, the purpose is to get the call right. Where we have issues is situations like this where we don't know what the referee was thinking. We don't get an explanation. You send in the, the question to Fotis Pazakos and he doesn't uh, you know, give you a, a clarity on your response. But what they're doing in the Women's World Cup is they're having the referees with a microphone and it's pumped into the stadium sound. So the referee, VAR call, goes and looks at it, comes back, says there was you know, a handball in the box, penalty. And they announce it. And then the crowd went electric and it was kind of awesome to see how the crowd reacted to it. And to me, I feel like that adds a little bit of a, like an NFL feel. I feel like that's what you need. There's clarity as far as why they're making the call. You make the announcement so you get the crowd involvement. It creates more atmosphere for the game. It makes it more exciting, in my opinion. And I think that's that's the way it should be done moving forward. I know they're testing. This is the first time that it's getting kind of its shine on the major stage, this announcing it. Uh, inside the stadium and obviously with the New Zealand opening match right. in New Zealand, when, right. you know, the news stories have gone around. Obviously, it was an easy call to make and the crowd was electric. But I think it'd be just as exciting as if it was a non-call or reversing it against a home crowd, how they're going to boo and react. I think that make for as the, you know, team chaos guy, I think that that makes it just as exciting. So I think that's the way to go. They need to move in that direction. The referees kind of held accountable isn't the right word, but need to explain what's happening. That way people aren't completely in the dark and we don't know why they're calling it the way they're calling it. And you don't need to wait 
tell a post-game press conference to listen on the podcast on the Thursday after the Saturday game to figure out what happened. Like, you should be able to figure it out then, right then and there directly from the referee's mouth. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I'm just looking at all this stuff. It's just, <laughs> it just, it, I want, I want referees to be better and I don't feel like that's happening. And I feel like the galaxy are getting the short end of the stick of it. And listen, when you're not good, you're going to get the short end of the stick of it, right? It's it's nothing. You want your schedule to be easier, be a better team. Cause then you'll be better than the other teams and it'll be easier to play against them. Right. Um, I feel like they I feel like they 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 bottled that one. I feel like yeah. they they had a chance to overturn it and they had a chance to go do that and say, listen, actually, it might have been a really good play in terms of it. But also, Mavinga probably deserves none of the the, the benefit of the doubt benefit. for the, for the first two goals. So I don't know why. So anyway, you go down 23 minutes, you're down to 10 men and you're like, well, this game's over. I mean, I was joking on Twitter. It's like, hey, you guys don't I mind if I go to bed. Yeah. 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 I was like, hey, you guys don't mind if I go tuck my kid in. Right. We're going to be like 30, 40 minutes. I won't miss anything. And I did. I got the tuck him in and I watched some game while I was going on and the whole deal and came back and I was like you know it feels like this game is done but at the same time it doesn't feel like this game is done like the galaxy actually played after they went down a man in that first half they played okay and you're like okay yeah, that's not fine that's not horrible yeah. yeah Douglas Costa comes out that. at halftime right Douglas Costa comes out at halftime I asked Greg Vanny about that and I said this was I go why he goes situation of the game we don't want him to get hurt he's on turf the whole deal we're down three yeah. nothing yeah. he's like there's <laughs> What's no the benefit right yeah. right there's not there's no there's no and he goes yeah I wanted to get another defender in and so he brought in Tony Alfaro um, who's the galaxy's new signing right so he gets his defense he gets to go and play at center back and they have the defenders in there and they're they're able to go out there and do it um i thought the addition of Preston judd in the second half was a smart one uh you talked about the volley by brugman let's talk about judd's pass that opens up uh um uh, mark delgado yeah. on that right hand side and delgado a had yeah. a great great shot there he ends up getting hurt on it by the way uh i was gonna say if you have someone who wants to join the jonathan bond camp of you need the proper conditions i think mark delgado was kind of uh, a little bit disappointed in his injury and the way that worked out non-contact on turf. You, you hate to see those things happen. And he had to really, he had to really stretch for it. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and that's okay. Um, you know, the whole deal they think, uh, right now, Vanny said x-rays and MRI were negative. So that was already, well, already a good thing. So basically they're looking, could be like a high ankle sprain could be like three to four weeks. And right now that's probably okay. Right. Mark Delgado doesn't need to play in leagues cup. Um, and so you can give him a little break and the galaxy, the galaxy do not have another league game until I think August 20th, August 20th. That's that's, that's, so that's a month. That's That's a a really long time. to have any players who are on the injury bug to get them right. And when you look at a, a champion's CONCACAF Champions League winner and a team that just whacks them. Uh, I don't know what to expect with this League's Cup thing. Back to your point about we, if you want to be have an easy schedule, be a good team. Uh, if you want to get calls from the ref, then have a lot of talented players on your team. Yeah. I did my research on this just right now. Who's the most fouled player on the Galaxy, would you guess? Ricky Pouge. Ricky Pouge. He's even fouled 47 times you know, for the LA Galaxy. So when you're talented like that, you're going to get the calls because people are going to try to foul you. And when you have a bunch of injuries and people who aren't regular starters and people who aren't going to you know, play other teams off the field, then you're not going to get tons of calls going your way either. I am... I am glad that I got that I stuck around and watched the rest of that game because there was a big part of me that was like, I don't want to watch the rest of this. I don't need to. It's a waste of my time. And I certainly don't need to be on the call afterwards and talk to people after this because who cares about this game? Right. (laughs) And the fact is the Galaxy played themselves back into a position where it was three two and really had, I think, some chances to possibly make it three three. Um, you just could tell they ran out of gas. We talked about Vancouver playing that midweek game, Eric, and it was like they're going to run out of gas. They're going to be tired. And the Galaxy 
took advantage of that in the second half where they got the two goals and they were sort of like, Vancouver's but, tired. But they but the leveler was the ten men. The ten men, and they couldn't they couldn't muster up enough of that. Uh Preston Judd, by the way, came on, put on the good pass. I, I still argue right now that Judd puts himself in better positions than Dayan Jovalich does, and that his distribution is better. Um you know, let's say 50, 60% of the time, it's real close with Jovalich. Jovalich has some good passes and stuff and is yeah. better probably in tight areas. Judd better maybe in the open field than, than what Jovalich is. I, and I don't know if I'm repeating myself with how many consecutive weeks we've been on, but with, with Jovalich, when I watch him play, um, as much as I like him, I think when you watch him play, you realize how much you miss Chicharito with the the smartness of the runs. Chicharito always knew when to peel forward, when to do the feint, when to go. And, and Jovalich is very direct, and so he just makes his run. He'll run right alongside, you know, Preston Judd if he's on the field at the same time or, uh, you know, one of the wingers if they're making the run. And the idea is to make those diagonal runs, to make those cuts, to feint in and then go outward. You want to lose <laughs> lose track of your defender, and Jovalich doesn't seem to have that. So you really miss someone who makes the type of runs like Preston Judd, like Chicharito was when he's out on the field. So... Uh, I, I'm with you that I think Judd does bring more in that regard, and that's why when he's on, he gets more chances. But I think in terms of like who do you want, you know, finishing it with if you get the ball at his feet in the box in the right position, I think I still lean towards Jovalich. But all the conditions need to be right, uh, and right now I, I don't think the supporting cast for the LA Galaxy is ideal for that. I think you need someone like Judd who's going to be a little bit more of a, of a workhorse than someone who needs, uh, you know, the service at his feet. Yeah, Galaxy still got 12 shots away uh, to 17 for Vancouver with 10 men. Again, I, I thought it was a pretty good performance overall um, whenever you watch them sort of play their way back into it, right? you It's horrible to go down the first 23 minutes 3 nothing, but to be able to make that a 3-2 game until, you know, the very end where it ends up being 4-2 um, is is at least something. Uh, this is now the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6th time the LA Galaxy have given up 3 or more goals in this particular season, they had a nice stretch where they hadn't done it for a little while. That was uh, obviously during some of that winning and, uh, and undefeated stretch they have. So the Galaxy's uh, uh, undefeated streak uh, ends at seven. Uh, now five, and, ten and seven. Yes. And we're still yet to see Greg Vanny's team put three wins in a row. No, hasn't happened. Hasn't yeah. happened. No Greg Vanny team for the LA Galaxy has ever won three games in a row. It's coming. It's going to come here at the end. But it's still it's it's going to be it's going to be a rough and tumble. We talked about just the gap. It's six points from Houston right now. Uh, listen, the West is mediocre. I don't care what anybody says. It, it, you know, there may be a little bit of top heaviness in the West. Um, and as a matter of fact, I can even bring up the West. I had it at the end, but we could we could talk about it now. Why not? Um, but when you look at it, so so Houston at 29 points is six points from the L.A. Galaxy. You have Portland, Kansas City and Minnesota all right there above the L.A. Galaxy. Uh, the Galaxy did have about three points difference between Colorado. And we're looking to sort of make that six points and really separate themselves from the bottom. Uh, you know, somebody made a good point that, you know, that really this game really hurts. And it hurts just because you didn't get any points out of it. And plus, you let Vancouver jump further ahead. Right. Look. Yeah. So and I'm seeing a, a seven point difference between. The Galaxy in the playoffs. 22. Spot, so. Oh, you're right. 22 and 29. Yeah, so I can more do than two games. Yeah. 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 So seven, seven points there. Um, the Galaxy at one point per game. Uh, total 22 points, 22 games played right now. Um, not surprising. Uh, not yeah. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not great, Bob. Not great. Uh, <laughs> going, going back to the fight before we, we move on, I, I was having an interesting conversation about that game as well. In the first seven games of the season, do the Galaxy show that fight and make that comeback? No. Yeah, I don't think so. I feel like the the morale was not there to fight like that. I think if they go down 3-0, they, 
we see a situation like we did with them against Houston where the, they just shut down. Yeah. And so the fact that they fought back, I, I saw that as a positive, uh, super, as, as much as it hurt. Uh, super Chats, Lasso's Optimism, another $5 Super Chat. Trying to be a goldfish, but Mavinga seems to be the new Leonardo, not the MVP. Uh, say, that's not a compliment. Le- Leonardo was Defender of the Year. I would just like to remember everybody. For one game? For, for one year. For one year, oh, he well, was Defender of the Year. To me, it was for one game against NYCFC. <laughs> he shut down David Villa. That was his claim that, to fame right no, there. That was it. Uh, Eric gave us a $10 Super Chat. Thank you for that, Eric. And then another Eric, a different one. Uh, he wants the women to crush Vietnam. Uh, so U.S. Women's oh. National Team getting ready to play Looks here. Looks like the same Eric, just a different color Super Chat. So. Oh, really? Is it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Is a, yeah, it is. This is a big night for Eric. Wow. So many COG different colors. Super, super Chat here. Everything yeah. is very cool. All right. Um, so, yeah, that sort of puts to bed the, the Vancouver game. A- again, I mean, it's funny. You get a little distance away from it. And you're like, you know, that actually wasn't so bad. But like watching that in the first 23 minutes, I could understand if you broke your TV, divorced your wife, uh, you know, moved out of the house and, and decided to be a hermit in the woods somewhere. What, whatever that game, whatever you think that game was, it, you're correct. OK, good. I think that's that's the analysis. <laughs> it, I is. Think. it was horrible. You're correct. Yeah, it, was it wasn't that bad. There were, but, hey, it wasn't that bad. Hey, I liked what I saw. You, you could say pretty much anything about that game and not be wrong. Uh, the one, another good bright spot, a good game for uh, Ricky Pouge. Ricky had another good game. I mean, he continues to do that. And then he goes, and as we switch over and talk about the MLS All-Star game and off with the in Washington, D.C., uh, a couple cool things. One, D.C. is one of my favorite cities in the whole wide world. So um, I love I love the fact it was there. I will say that I the think... Training photos, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the photos. The, the fact that they held a soccer clinic with First Lady Jill Biden on the White House lawn Mwah, chef's kiss, right? <laughs> just give me all that. I could see that all day long. Um, you know, just just doing that and, and being on the White House lawn and having all the landmarks there. Now, yeah. downside, 20,000 plus, you know, is the only is what you're going to get for that game, which could have sold three or four times that many tickets if you played it at a bigger stadium and done some stuff. Right. So um, there's some there's some bads with it. There's some goods and there's some bads, you know, that type of thing. But just I, just in terms of the general game. Yeah. But I think for an all star game, that's about right. I, th- I think you know, keeping it more intimate, I think, with the skills challenge, that kind of being, you know, gimmicky and for what it is, uh, you know, in, in a stadium that's not, you know, Coliseum size or Rolls Bowl size, I think for an all-star game, and then especially for those, obviously, I'm sure it wasn't a cheap ch- ticket, you know, who are fans of Arsenal and, and the Premier League and wanted to see those players in the flesh, it being in a more in- intimate atmosphere, I could see that being a pro as well. Uh, I imagine that there were like twelve to 15,000 sponsor tickets that were like yeah. given out for that game. Also so true. so there's like 6,000 tickets that you could have actually bought and done. Sophie yeah, was buddies sending, of Garber. Yeah. yeah. Sophie was there, obviously, with her Arsenal connections and then also the MLS side. Uh, she was actually hesitant to go. She was like, just got back from Italy. I didn't know if I wanted to go, blah, 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 the whole deal. And then I'm like, you have to go. DC is awesome. Here's all the places to eat. Um, blah, 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 the whole deal. I was giving her the rundown. Uh, and yeah. then she texted me and she goes, Washington, D.C. is amazing. I'm like, I know. I knew you would <laughs> like it. So she had good. I, and she got to talk to Ricky and she saw yeah. she had some videos of Ricky. And listen, Ricky enjoyed himself like you wouldn't believe. Smile from ear to ear the whole time. And and you can see that in, in, in what he did. Um, so uh, in terms of remember, we always say vote other people's p- players onto the all star game where we're, we've said that now for, you know, however, 15 years of podcasting. Yeah. You don't want your players playing any extra minutes. <laughs> Uh, Ricky got there. He played his 33 minutes. He he exited uninjured. And by the way, probably one of the lone bright spots for the MLS That's, in that first 33 minutes. I thought he represented himself well. I thought, you know, in that game, uh, MLS All-Stars obviously lost 5-0 to Arsenal if you didn't watch it. But there was a clear divide in talent and skill uh, between these two sides. 
But the people who looked didn't look at a place, in my opinion, were Ricky Pooj, um, Mukhtar from Nashville, mm-hmm. and I thought Bawanga, you know, you know, showed some spurts as well. So out of the eleven, you know, only three players kind of looked not out of their depth. That's not necessarily a great advertisement uh, for the MLS All Stars. But you have to think Arsenal coming off the season that they had you knew that there was going to be a valley in the talent and the amount of training sessions and all that that goes along with it. And my final little thing that I want to go back uh, to shout out Sophie, if you were not already following her, not that we give tons of plugs, but you've got to follow at Soccer Diva on Twitter. She just had some awesome things following the team, being a huge Arsenal fan that she is and the analysis that she brings on other shows and her own things that she has going on. So she's just a great follow on Twitter. I I love me some Sophie stuff, some Soccer Diva. And one of the funniest things that I saw was uh, (laughs) she mentioned, hey, uh, she (laughs) told her partner, hey, we're, we're going to D.C. Oh, by the way, Arsenal's playing. I was like, that's how you do that's, it. That's, that's how you, yep. <laughs> you make the you make the vacation pitch and then you throw in the soccer on top of it. So yeah, if, if you don't already follow her, make sure you go and follow and check out all the cool videos and coverage that she has. Just so, uh, an awesome follow. Sophie and I are basically the same person in a lot of ways, and and especially <laughs> how we try to like plan trips with our partners and stuff like that. It it, it makes a lot of makes a lot of sense. Uh, in in some of those, I mean, listen. Uh, abysmal game in terms of the actual score, three to two for Arsenal, five nothing over the uh, over. It was uh, it was two uh, goals in the first half, three goals in the second half, five nothing total. MLS All Stars didn't score. Uh, I did enjoy Ricky Pooj uh, squeaking out of uh, pressure multiple times in the middle yeah. of the field between three Arsenal players, and I was like, yeah, it doesn't matter who you are. That's why I think <laughs> he, I, he looked fine. Yeah, I was cracking up because somebody said. You know, all oh, the way to Mark Ricky Pooja is just to have one guy follow him. I'm like, dude, listen, let me tell you, one guy ain't going to do it, right? Which is why he's so dangerous. <laughs> Try to trap him with three guys and he gets out of it all the time. So I don't know what the answer is besides maybe don't pressure him as much, but try to take away passing lanes as, as much as you can. You almost soft pressure him because he if you he invites the pressure. He yeah. wants it because that's how he creates. But you don't want to give him space either because nope. that's that's the thing. When he gave that ball to Benteke and he fumbled it, I really wish Ricky would have had that shot. We've seen him. We've had him seen those rockets, you know, for the LA Galaxy. So I would have loved to have seen him take that shot, uh, you know, then the lone goal against Arsenal. Yeah. By the way, if you're uh, looking for soccer coverage on the World Cup side, uh, the Women's World Cup, uh, Kevin is down in New Zealand. Um, and so he's a fine. By the way, I checked in on him. I, there was a shooting down there. I was like, hey, yeah, are you OK? Do you, you get shot? And he goes, no, I did not. Uh, but it was pretty close to him. So uh, he was like, you know, I'm pretty used to it being from the United States. So, yeah, that's was, crazy times. Yeah, yeah, it is. Absolutely nuts. Um, so he's down there. So LA Times has the coverage at K Baxter 11 has the coverage on that. Sophie will try to get back on the show here so that she can really tell us about the all star experience because I think yeah. she had a pretty good time. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll do that. But yeah, so that's the MLS. I, I will say this. Let's go to to more positive, which is they did the MLS next all star, not MLS next pro MLS next, which is the Academy kids. Okay. Okay. Academy kids. They, they had the MLX Next Pro goalie wars. Right. They did that. And which, then the skills competition. The skills comp, which, by the way, Ricky was <laughs> Sponsored in. Sponsored by Bounty. Yep. You know, you got to love the American way that. to go. I know it's cheesy. I know it's silly. And people like to make fun. But the players were having fun. Like, it's a, it's meant to be like a fun event. So I always, I, I will champion the skills challenge anytime that I see it. So I, I thought Ricky showed himself well in that as well because, you know, he was, you know, had the service in the cross and volley competition. There was the passing challenge where it came down basically to a, a buzzer beater between him and Jorginho. So whenever you're going up against, you know, a player like the caliber of Jorginho and you're right there to the end, that's a good sign 
uh, for how Ricky presented himself to the skills challenge as well. Yeah. But yep. back to MLS next. But MLS the next, game. they did an East versus West all-star game and they played at uh, Annapolis. So the Naval Academy, uh, whenever they did this again, cool venue um, and, and all that. So it was two nothing East to start in the first half. And then uh, it was, uh, it was tied up in the West, the West came back and one certain Paolo Rudisil from LA Galaxy had a 70 minute goal that helped them climb within one. And then in the 89th minute, um, actually the, the noisy neighbors, LAFC's, uh, Adrian Wilbawo, uh, scored. And so that allowed the tie and then the West ended up winning in penalty kicks five to four. So LA Galaxy making an impact in that game as well. So just yep. some, some, some good, good stuff. Um, yeah, Paulo Rudisil is one of those names that we keep, it keeps popping up everyone's you know, well. in call-ups and in scenes and, uh, you know, all-star games. So, so he's one of, he's officially on the radar of players who you want to monitor in the Academy who could make an impact on the LA galaxy or who could make some moves beyond, uh, as we, so, so MLS all-star game, um, should they stop playing teams that play together all the time? Because it feels like if you play a team that plays I, together, uh, they're going to kick your butt because you have all-stars who get to train for like five minutes together. I say no, but maybe just not, you know, talk to in the Premier League. Maybe I like that when they played Fulham or when they played right. Everton and it was a little bit more balanced in that regard. Because if you don't do that, then you're going to see the talent gap <laughs> that just went through in addition to the teams that play together all the time. I didn't hate the Liga MX, uh, right. you know, MLS. You, you just can't do that I, every time, though, yeah, right? You, I, I understand mixing it up, but I didn't hate it. I, I, I like the rivalry and going back and forth. But hey, here's a crazy idea. East versus West. Whoa. Then you have evenly matched teams. <laughs> you know, you have the League's Cup break, so you're not going to have players injured. You get to have a little bit more fun with it. Or even do like what they do in hockey. Do a little right. seven aside. Right. Do, you know, like a little draft or like they do in the NBA where you pick team captains and then they pick their, their five or their five aside team. And you do a little mini tournament. I think that'd be, you can get people to watch and still have fun and honor the players who, you want to recognize for being all-stars that season. I think there's a lot of different avenues that you can go in this one. I, I understand wanting to go up against Arsenal there. It's a, it's a big brand, right. a lot of talent on that team. You're going to, you know, put butts in seats, but I think there is a pretty big Valley <laughs> with a level of, uh, you know, team chemistry and talent here. What, what if the MLS all-stars play the Saudi all-stars from the Saudi league? I, Cristiano Ronaldo. Is that Ronaldo seemed to, yeah, Ronaldo seemed to lay the, that gauntlet down. I wouldn't, that wouldn't be shocking either with the amount of Saudi influence that kind of is making their way throughout United States sports leagues. If you look at the PGA and right. different things, but the funny thing with the, uh, CR seven making that comment is he, they went out and got spanked by Benfica today. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know that he, he has a leg to stand on. It was like three, one, wasn't it? Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. So yep. it is what it is. Um, I, I think the other, the other sort of thing that you can look at, uh, you know, just for that, I, I, people got really, really wanted to take the CR seven like thing, like and make it a big deal. It, one, it's not. Um, and then people were like, go ahead, name me five players who play for MLS. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you want just the people who are former Barcelona players who have signed with yeah. Miami in the last like five days. Cause yeah. that's enough to have five players. It should be quiet. It's, it's like, don't ask me. Cause I'll, I'll, I'll name your Jeff Lorenowitz's and yeah, you know, <laughs> Kyle I'll, Beckerman. I'll, I'll, I'll go deep on these rosters here. <laughs> You're, you got to ask the right guy. But <laughs> The, the funny thing, it's kind of like that post-game press conference. What do you want Ronaldo to say? Oh, yeah, MLS is better than the league yeah. I'm currently playing in. They're so I, much better. You, I can't believe how much money these guys pay me. It's ridiculous. Say, have, you, have you not encountered this man's ego for the past 25 years? What did you think he was going to say? Um, yeah, exactly. No, I mean, you know, not surprising. I, I'm glad it got everybody foddered. And it was fodder for the fire. It was and everybody, yeah, yeah, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Hold it. <laughs> um, 
let's talk a little bit about the one game that actually is coming up this weekend, uh, LA Galaxy 2 versus Wrexham. Uh, this is the, you know, the Star Bowl, uh, you know, as it goes. Wrexham trying to capitalize on their American popularity. Uh, the LA Galaxy not trotting out their senior team, no way, no how, but saying you can play the G2 guys. Uh, the Galaxy have been releasing some media about it and doing some things. As a matter of fact, um, I'm... I didn't even know these existed. It was so funny. Uh, Jalen Neal's mom was actually on Twitter. She goes, I didn't know they had LA Galaxy 2 scarves, right? And I'm like, listen, I think this is a one-off. <laughs> I think this is a one-off yeah. because uh, you got the, the the match scarf, right? You got the Wrexham side on uh, on one side. Hold on, let's do, let's do a little better. Um, the Wrexham side on one side and the LA Galaxy 2. And it's like the LA Galaxy 2 versus Wrexham AFC. I usually ever these these scarves are despised the world around, yeah. right? Because no true fan ever buys this scarf because you don't want the team, the other team on your scarf, right? Like, what are you going to do with this besides hanging on a wall? Maybe that's the only reason. I swear they sell better than people. People like to make yes. fun of them, but they sell well, way better, right? Uh, my argument for it is you buy those for special occasions. You're not going to buy, you know, Rexham LA Galaxy 2. That's a souvenir. That's a one-time right. thing, especially if you watch the show and that's your thing and you're a Galaxy fan. That, that's where you go and get it. When when uh, the Galaxy played Manchester United at Dignity Health Sports Park or uh, StubHub Center at the time or whatever it was called, I got a half Manchester United, half LA, because it was a special occasion. It was a one-off. It's not like these teams are, are rivals and play every week. It was a special occasion. I think if there's a World Cup, if there's a Champions League final, I think that's when you kind of – I don't think those are as out of bounds as, as much as, as uh, they should be. When you do the half jersey, that's a different conversation when they sew half the jersey right, right. together, you know, or when you have What if it's your two teams, it's, though? What if it is your two children. teams? It's if your it's your <laughs> children, that's the only pass. They're allowed. Get. Okay, good. Yeah, but every, everything else we let go. So, you know, I, I appreciate that they sent you a scarf. But, that, uh, that's very I know nice there's the people LA at LA that. Galaxy Land. You have my address. Yeah. I want to send stuff over here. I mean – Eric does dances ship, on TikTok. Shipping works. Shipping works in, in yeah, Texas. It can make. It's like basically the same cost to ship it down here <laughs> than it is to ship it to Texas. This is the same thing. Um, I, I just, I'm very interested. One, we did effort in some very small way to get Ryan Reynolds or Rob McElhenney on the show. <laughs> we shot uh, our shot. Yeah. 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 Live pool and and always cloudy. Um, we tried to get him here. <laughs> I think he did that wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, I thought about, I was trying to think of different ways we'd get them. I thought about badgering them. Uh, I decided to just pick up lines really. That was really, Hey, you up, you know, sup. like, Hey, <laughs> sup, how you doing? That didn't seem to work. Uh, yeah. some of our followers tagged Blake lively in here, Blake, if you're listening, just yeah, that was a fun DM call, me. Yeah. I'm still here guys. We can, <laughs> we can still make all this happen. Uh, my wife, uh, by the way, I had to enlist my wife. I'm like, Hey, I need, can you give me the Twitter accounts for those guys? That way I can try to do this. Like, you know, the whole deal. And so she's like reading off. She goes, why are you tweeting at Ryan Reynolds and, and Rob McElhenney? I'm like, it's, what it's, I do. it's a thing. Okay. It's, it's a thing it's I like, do. It's like those, those, the, those messages. Like I took my husband's phone and went through his DMS and I found that, uh, he was just messaging LeBron James. Good luck tonight. And you know, Chicharito hope you heal quickly. It's like, okay, this is not. I I uncovered something that I didn't want to uncover, but it's not what I initially you, thought I was. Gonna you find. got this, yeah. champ. You got this, champ. You know the whole deal. Yeah, it's it's just positive reinforcement to to somebody who listen, doesn't who doesn't pay any attention. I know. Listen, if I want to send you know Ricky Pooj the fire emoji after his post, you let you, me do that. You can do peace. that. That's fine. Please. Yeah, yeah. find Jake from State Farm. <laughs> Um, that's all that ever reminds me of. Um, but I mean, what is this game? Is this is this some referendum on on U.S. soccer? Is this a, a popularity contest coming to Los Angeles? They charging a lot for the tickets. Um, I yeah. mean, what what it what, is it? Is it just a simple cash grab? I mean, it is from Robin Ryan's 
perspective, they're coming here to capitalize on the popularity that they got from, you know, having uh, the team, but from buying the team and then doing the, yeah. the thing. And by the way, I have no problem with that. This is a team that needs all the money they can get. And these guys right. are, are top of the level promoters whenever it comes to that stuff. Yeah, it's it's the narrative is what it is. And people are saying it's just a cash grab. Yes, correct. And guess who benefits from some of that cash grab as well? It's the LA Galaxy front office, and they're not risking their first-team players in this particular situation. So I don't see it being a losing scenario. Um, just being perfectly honest, it's not – I don't watch the show. I've seen you know clips of it, and I think I watched the first couple episodes, but I'm not – I've watched. I watch almost all I haven't all binged them. all the seasons. Yeah. But I think it's cool what they're doing. In my opinion, what you know uh, Ryan and Rob are doing is much more interesting than – you know, having a Saudi prince by your team and loading it with all stars. I think buying a you know a lower team that's not in the pyramid, working your way up. I mean, and then having those guys who are their likability is off the charts. I understand why people are invested and why they're invested in the states. And so you're gonna go and you're gonna parade them out on tour and kind of make your way around. They played Chelsea yesterday, so if you want to say the Galaxy are two are beneath playing Wrexham. Chelsea isn't beneath playing right. Wrexham. They, they, and they smashed them, doing, right? They smashed them 5-0. Yeah, and I think, you know, when you compare Wrexham, you know, well, Wrexham is, you know, not even a top tier uh, team in uh, in Great Britain. But you think about, well, MLS All-Stars just got waxed by Arsenal. Uh, Chelsea, you know, beat Wrexham 5-0 yesterday. So maybe the delta isn't as big as we initially thought it was going to be. So I don't, I don't have a huge issue with it. And we see it in the chat all the time where play Johnny Perez, you know, play Alex Alcala, play the kids. And this is your opportunity. If you like those kids, you want to see the future. I would encourage you to go, you know, watch Johnny Perez live and see what he's all about. Go watch Alex Alcala. You know, I, I encourage you to go see someone like that live. If you, you know, think center backs after the Chris Mavinga game, uh, you know, are an issue for the LA Galaxy, go check out Marcus Fracranis and see what he can do. So, you know, Paulo Rodisol is another name. I'm sure he'll get some time, uh, you know, getting called up. He's played a few games with G2. So I think if you're a, a diehard Galaxy fan, which is probably the people who are listening to the show, and you're invested in the Wrexham scenario as well, I don't think there's an issue with wanting to go check out this game and see what it's all about. And in reality, if it's just people who watch the Wrexham TV show and want to, you know, catch a glimpse of Ryan Reynolds and Ron McElhenney, that's fine too. It's okay. There's a time and place for everything. There's a, there's a, uh, it's not, do I want a piece of the pie? There's tons of pies available and you can pick which one you want to visit. There's going to be a lot of things on the menu and I, I, I don't see the harm uh, in Wrexham, you know, scrimmaging LA Galaxy 2. <laughs> right. I, I don't see this being like this terrible indictment no. No, it's on fine. soccer. Go yeah. have fun. Enjoy yourself if you want to uh, do that. I Although, do like, yes. Sorry, I, I will say the funny thing is you do have your MLS haters who are like, see, people love Wrexham because the possibility if you have the whole promotion relegation thing, they sold out a stadium completely disregarding that they were playing Chelsea and the influence that they have with the TV show. Like this wasn't, you know, Swindon Town versus Grimsbyville, yeah. you know, and selling out the Rose Bowl. It's like, no, these were teams with followings and fan bases like <laughs> this is not a, a, a pro rel indictment of MLS or the Galaxy or U.S. soccer. It's a team that has a lot of popularity, just like Arsenal, just like Chelsea, just like right. AC Milan, these teams who come here and play during the summer. Wrexham, maybe they're not on that top tier in terms of the level they play at, but in notoriety, they're right up there with some of those teams. Uh, you know, I'd say even higher than some of the Premier League teams. More people probably know uh, you know who Wrexham is. If you ask, you know, you do your, the your mom test or my mom test. Right. They've probably heard it in passing yep. more than they've heard of, you know, Brighton Hove or or Southampton or one of those teams. Yeah, very very well. Good. Go have fun. Enjoy the game. Yeah, uh, have that, fun. That's Talk what I say. Fun. 
I want to go quickly through this because there's some other stuff that we want to talk about, but the League's Cup is starting tomorrow. Uh, This is when Leo Messi will be making his or could be making his debut for Inter-Miami against Cruz Azul. Uh, This is the schedule. Cruz Azul versus Miami, Orlando versus Houston, Austin versus Mazatlan, Dallas versus Charlotte, and Leon. Uh, the the two teams who are in the LA Galaxy's group, Leon and, and Vancouver, are playing at BC Place uh, tomorrow uh, at 7.30 p.m. on Apple TV. So check that out. All these games are, are excuse me, a large portion of these games are going to be free, right? So uh, one, the Miami game is going to be on Univision. Uh, and then you have MLS Season Pass, which is closed, and MLS Season Pass, which is closed. But you have Dallas versus Charlotte is free. Leon is versus Vancouver is free. So you can get an idea of what this competition is going to be like with Leon and Vancouver playing at BC Place tomorrow. So keep your eye on that. When it finally comes around to the LA Galaxy's turn, Leon will have already played a game. LA Galaxy versus Leon, 7.30 p.m. on Tuesday, July 25th. That's the game. Miami and Atlanta will play earlier. Santos Laguna and Houston will play. Dallas and uh, Nakaxa uh, is going to be there. Uh, Mazatlan, Juarez, LA, Leon, right? So all those things are, are, are there for you to watch and to peruse. All this stuff will be on MLS Season Pass. Um, one other thing real quick, just the rosters that were included, uh, Jonathan Bond, Jonathan Klinsman and Novak Mitrovic are your goalkeepers, Tony Alfaro, Julian Aude, Caligari, Mauricio Cuevas, Raheem Edwards, Kelvin Leardam, Chris Mavinga, Jalen Neal, and Eric Zavaleta, your defenders, Aguirre, Alvarez, Boyd, Brugman, Costa, Delgado, Perez, Puj, Rodriguez, Rossell, uh, Saldana and Vivi are your midfielders. And then forwards, Galaxy only have three. Uh, Aaron Bibu, uh, you had Dayan Jovalich and Preston Judd. So Bibu, I think, is one of the few. That one and Adam Saldana maybe are the ones that are sort of like, you're like, oh, they're getting sort of called up uh, yeah. for this particular uh, League's Cup game. Um, so keep that in mind just in terms of how the rosters can play. But there's not a lot of road. If you look at that, there's not a huge amount of rotation that can happen, right? But there's some. Right. So but it's going to be it's going to basically be the first team rotation, not not anything else. So and also it's not like there's tons of options with the injuries and the way things absolutely kind of stand out. So the players even like, uh, you know, like a Johnny Perez or Adam Saldana, these are guys who have seen first team minutes in the past anyway with these, uh, you know, showcase that they had last year at SoFi like these these players see minutes. So I don't think it's that surprising uh, kind of to see it happen. You, you pronounce the team there. Was it Nekoxa? I'm out. Okay. Funny thing. I, I funny thing about that team. Uh, coming from a soccer loving family, I always remember my grandpa used to always watch the Mexican league. It's, I'd go to church. He'd come. I'd go to my grandparents' house. They'd be watching. It seemed like it was always Nakaxa versus Pumas. It right. seems like it was always those teams. Right. Uh, for for whatever reason, I don't know if he had the game on repeat or what it was, but that just brings warm memories of going to my grandparents' house. So appreciate the shout out. Yeah. There you go. Uh, glad I could run through those real quick. Had no plan on uh, reading all those off, and then was like, oh, let's just read them off. You can't be that bad. Um, <laughs> So that's that. Uh, the final thing that we want to put out, point out about League's Cup. Listen, I don't know how the Galaxy are going to put are going how seriously. I, that's why I want to watch Leon. I want to watch Vancouver. Yeah. I sort of want to see. So, you know, maybe that's going to give you an idea of how seriously everybody wants to take this. Uh, but the prize for the purse is will be nearly forty million dollars, with the winning team getting nearly two million dollars. This is from Alex M. Silverman on Twitter uh, for the Sports Business Journal. And so, you know, the the event features all 47 teams. Um, so you can sort of see how it stacks up in that. But almost $2 million for the winner. But $40 million, that means $38 million is getting distributed out to a whole bunch of other teams, right, that aren't the winners. Um, and unless uh, unless the League's Cup won the Powerball that bought the ticket in downtown Los <laughs> Angeles, this is probably where it's going to stay for a little bit. But it's not no money, right? So there's yeah, some money, which- and there's going to be financial incentive to play in this game a little bit. 
and we've seen this in leagues cups in the past as well because some people I think Potamus in the chat said what it's expected in terms of enthusiasm. But when you talk about the purse and the prize money, that's something that does motivate when you look further down the roster. It's maybe those DP players or the those TAM players, it's not going to mean as much. But for the person who's making 78K, getting a bump, that's substantial to them. And that is something that they are excited and they play for and they get you know amped up for. We knew you know some players who we may have heard from in past Leagues Cup when they won those games and they got those bonuses. That's why they celebrated hard. They were like, hey, I'm getting some extra cash, and they were playing hard for it. So expect the t- the players who are out on the field, don't don't expect them to just roll over and die just because it's League's Cup. They're, they're competitors. They're professional athletes. You're going to see them <laughs> give it what they need to give. From a fan's perspective, it, you do want to watch the Leon versus Whitecaps match to see, okay, how do they match up, and then what work needs to be done when they face off against those teams? Because with groups of three, there's only two games. So you're based on the result that happens between Leon and Vancouver, you're going to be able to maybe even either single out a weak link or kind of determine what type of result you need under each team. So I think the Galaxy benefit from not playing the first match. Yeah, the fact that it's it's not even so much the two million is for the winner. It's the fact that 38 million is going to go to non-winners. That's yeah. really that's the bigger deal. There's going to be distrib- distribution happening. It feels like to most of these teams. So, um, by the way, I, I forgot to say it, but uh, the game for Wrexham can be found on MLSNextPro.com. So, if you want to watch that game tomorrow night, MLSNextPro.com. Which just, also tells you everything you need to know. That, that, you know, it, not on Apple TV, nope. not on ESPN. Nope. It's on the website. MLSNextPro.com yeah. is where you can find it. And then anything for League's Cup will be found on MLS Season Pass, Apple TV. All that fun stuff can be found right there. So that's what something uh, that's I think is important to sort of pay attention to and to watch League's Cup coming up uh, very shortly, starting on Tuesday for the LA Galaxy, but starting for everybody else. And, and realistically, the, it all starts tomorrow. So if yeah, you want to find out, and I think there's going to be more enthusiasm for this than people think there's going to be. I am expecting that there's going to be people are going to get enthralled with this because I don't think these teams are not going to take it seriously. Um, I, it's the whole I month. You, I can give you one reason why League's Cup is not going to be a throwaway thing, and that is Mr. Lionel Messi. I don't know if you watched that unveiling that they had for him. The fact that this is going to be his debut seems, this, seems like a big deal, doesn't it? <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot of eyeballs. The fact that his debut is the League's Cup match and not an MLS match is interesting. So I think it is going to get a lot of eyeballs and it is going to get a lot of interest. Maybe it doesn't interest you as you know a, a Galaxy diehard and you want to see the regular season. But when you look at where the Galaxy are at or in the standings, maybe this is something that it's nice to distract yourself and forget about the woes of the regular MLS season and kind of throw yourself into the tournament. And if it's an early exit, you can be happy about that too and say, hey, they get to rest and I get to enjoy uh, this you know tournament as a casual and kind of see you know teams go head to head and see some good soccer. So I, I again, this is kind of like that Rex MLA Galaxy 2 game. I don't see a negative from the League's Cup because they're already taking a break for the month. It's not like there's going to be there's going to be a condensed schedule later. And that can be something that we worry about and him and haw and complain about. But for as far as the tournament itself, I don't think, you know, <laughs> it's happening. So right. why are we going to push back and kind of hate, hate it for what it is? Your league's involved in it. Your team's involved in it. Of course, you're going to want to see them do well. Uh, Patrick gave us a $10 super chat. Says, are we going to have a new GM? Greg Vanny's a GM. I don't know if anybody knows that, but like he's as the sporting director, he's in charge of all that stuff. So the answer is no, not in the short term. Where you get a new president, probably after the season is my guess, um, whether that's co-presidents or anything else that happens. Did you catch the athletic article with Dennis DeClosa? And, uh, I was going to say, were we going to touch on oh, that? we I have to. In the chat. Yeah, I think yeah. we have to. Um, yeah. 
you know, they, uh, Tom, uh, Tom Bogert to talk to, uh, Dennis Closo, who's president at Feyenoord. Um, uh, I actually, there was a rumor League winning Feyenoord. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, yeah. The, doing a great job. Um, <laughs> Dennis always, always, a, a, a great guy to talk to, by the way, uh, still, as I believe implicated in the cheating scandal as much as anybody else was. Um, and, and certainly the galaxy want to point to him and blame him for everything, uh, whenever it comes to it. And I understand that sort of thing. Uh, but he had some, I, listen, nothing of this is eye opening. If you've been listening to this podcast, we've been telling you this stuff yeah. for years, whenever it comes to Chris <laughs> Klein, uh, Dennis basically said it hurts to see where they're at. Uh, whenever he talked about where the LA galaxy were, um, he goes, at some point I had the feeling that my influence and impact wasn't what I thought it should be to close to said, I had long talks with ownership and Chris Klein, and it was always friendly. I'm honestly appreciative of being able to work there, but I needed to have a definite impact. I think certain authorities lay with the general manager to close added in the last season. I worked there. It wasn't that clear. You end up in a lot of gray areas, which we've always complained about. Uh, who's responsible for who? Who brings in what players? What kind of playing style? It wasn't clear enough. Um, and so uh, they want another way. This is, I'm basically giving you all the best quotes uh, yeah. from Tecolosa. They want another way and I thought there wasn't any place for me, Tecolosa said. I wasn't used to working like that, not having any true impact or decision making on sporting decisions, which I think I've shown I'm more than capable of handling. Uh, in the last few months with the Galaxy, I definitely thought with how the organization was being run and who has the authority, you can't be held responsible for something if you're not fully responsible for the decision. Uh, they chose a different model. Everybody can judge by themselves how that went. Basically, uh, that that different model is putting Greg in charge of everything and, and basically having him drive that stuff and having Chris Klein try to keep his hands off of stuff, which was always difficult. And certainly there were indications in this article that Chris Klein couldn't keep his hands off of stuff, even though he promised that he would keep his hands off of stuff. <laughs> so again, none of this is surprising. None of this should be shocking to you. You've been listening to this podcast for too long. This is your first show. Congratulations. We've been talking about this for probably six or seven years. Um, yeah, the, the, yeah. the news that pops out from me uh, the term gaslighting gets thrown out a lot out a lot recently because it's kind of a buzz word right now. But from the outside looking in, it always seemed like, well, if you know Dennis is the general manager, who gets final say? Who's bringing in these players? And there was always that question of who is this player attached to? Who is this player? And we can kind of read through the lines if he came from France, he may be Vanny's guys. If he came from this agent, maybe a Karofsky guy. If he came from the Mexican Federation, maybe he's tied to, to Closa. So we always had this kind of who belongs to who, who's in charge. And from the outside looking in, that's how it looked. And then we were told, no, you guys don't understand. There's a clear structure. I don't meddle. I don't get play, you know, involved in player uh, personnel. We have a GM who does that. And then obviously, with the closest saying it, he's saying that's exactly what it was and why he had to leave because there wasn't a clear structure because he couldn't put his stamp on it. So it just the term gaslighting comes to mind just because we can see this from the outside. It was painfully obvious. And yet, you know, we were being told and kind of said, no, it's not like that. This is why we're bringing in, you know, these these people to do these jobs. And it's honestly why people were um, uh, you know, kind of wary of Will Kuntz coming in is because, well, if Will, Will Kuntz comes in and there's still, you know, other people in charge, right. does that really fix anything? Is he going to be able to, you know, leave his mark on things? So I think that's, that's, that's kind of, again, he didn't tell us anything new, but the news was, yeah, it's, it's exactly kind of what we assumed was going on behind the scenes. He, he almost confirmed that, but again, that's not really news because we've been saying that. Yeah, it, it's it, it's sort of as bad as, uh, as they were talking about. They were talking about Santi possibly being brought in, I think, instead of, was it Costa? Um, just in terms of how they were sort of trying to <laughs> position things to do things. Listen, 
you know, uh, when you're bad, the, the, the stuff you look in the rearview mirror of all the things that all the roads you could have gone down to is always better than whenever you're good. And so there's a lot of that. Um, you know, there was a rumor that Feyenoord was looking at Jalen Neal. I, I can tell you that's not true. Um, so another crap rumor completely okay. killed very quickly. Uh, listen, it's a fun one though. You see Mr. Closa, you see, you you're, know, you're like, LA Galaxy player yeah. who was promoted while he was yeah. there. Makes sense. All, it checks all the boxes. But, I thought it made sense too. That's why you can ask <laughs> about these things and usually you can get straight answers from different things. So yeah. So, um, but yeah, fan or not interested in Jalen, Neal. by the way, doesn't mean that they can't, won't be, uh, just it doesn't mean he's going to be at the galaxy for the next five years either. Right. I think. That's a kid who has a you know future in Europe for sure. So Leo Messi comes in. I've heard that's a big deal. Um, <laughs> big announcements, rain delays, all sorts of crazy stuff going on with uh, Leo Messi going to enter Miami. Uh, if you're not paying attention, uh, <laughs> Miami's attempting to revamp a roster, doing it with I, within quote unquote the MLS rules. All right, let's. <laughs> I, I mean, that, so far I was going to say, are you sure about that? So far, so, that's what it says. There was I think an, you should leave. Are you sure about that? There was an owner's meeting, and it always happens at the All-Star Game. So this is nothing new. It's not like they all met and said, oh, we have to talk about this right now. Um, and reading through your articles, any changes don't seem to, well, unlikely to happen this year, right? So the whole deal. But if you saw Leo Messi come, uh, if you saw Sergio Busquets, uh, if you saw Jordi Alba now coming. So you have Leo Messi as a DP. You have Busquets as a DP. Jordi Alba, who apparently made like $20 million last year, is coming as a non-DP, which means he can't be making more than $1.65 million. Uh, that's happening. Now, Suarez won't be joining Messi. He's still with Gremio, and they sort of made that clear today. But Andres Iniesta is the latest one that seems to be signing with, with Miami. Uh, Miami has a jettisoned two of their DPs in order to sign two other DPs. Uh, Campagna, right, is still uh, yeah. is still their think, young DP? Yeah, I think he falls under that designation. And I think, I believe Joseph Martinez... Is not a DP. Te, te, yeah, he's... He came over as a DP, but they were able to. This is, by the this way, season last season when he came, right? No, or did he come this? this season? It was this season, but there's this a season. there's a there's, yeah. There's a even. thing in this. <laughs> this is the if you want to hear it's sketchy, crazy. this is yeah. sketchy. They basically Joseph with Joseph um, Atlanta terminated the contract, and then usually that means that you have to be put on waivers. But basically, they made it so only Miami could pick him up, right? So when they when they terminated the contract <laughs> excuse me with the buyout they basically bought the contract out usually the dp tag has to be preserved with the next team or one of the teams has to own the dp tag well his dp tag went away because they basically bought him out and gave him all the money and said here we're good and then basically they're like now that it's bought out and that contract's gone you can go to miami for a tam deal basically um, and that's what Joseph Martinez has done. It's not the way MLS rules are supposed to go. Did they absolutely like bend them in this case? Yeah, absolutely. They did. I don't have a problem with it. I'm just, they didn't want to do that for Pizarro. It seemed like, right. So. Well, and Pizarro, they basically said you have to terminate the contract in order to get rid of it. And they did. And now he's going to go out of the league. He's not going to stay right. Cause he went to, uh, to, to Athens. He was, Athens, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's out. So they cleared that DP. So listen, there's a lot of stuff. People are going to claim that Miami is cheating. Remember Miami was the first original cheaters before the LA galaxy were the second <laughs> cheaters. Okay. In fact, well, if, if you want to look at the, the DP rule in general, you can look at the LA galaxy as, again yeah. as the original cheaters, the OGs. Yeah. Um, when you look at what they're doing and how they're doing it so far, they're probably above board on this, but their, their roster, by the way, still under impact from those cheating scandals. They're still under financial, uh, yeah. restrictions. It just means, listen, 
Leo Messi does things that people say, I want to play with Leo Messi and I'll do it for $2 million or I'll do it for $1.65 million. Yeah. And, and you can't we'll do it for the experience. I'll do it because <laughs> I want to play with Messi and I want to be in Miami. Get a free shirt? Yeah. I was going to say, you're starting to sound like a podcast host here. If you're right. You're yeah. Willing, <laughs> willing to do things for free. Right. Absolutely. Right. So the whole deal <laughs> with this. So, um, by the way, they're bringing in, it looks like three U 22 players as well. Right. Um, I was trying to see if I could talk about because Moss yeah, was talking. Yeah, uh, Par- there's a whole list of players. Yeah, yeah Paraguayan midfielder Diego Gomez, 20. Uh, Argentine midfielder uh, Fagundo Farias, and then Argentine center back Toto Avilas. At least they've given an offer to or submitted a bid for. Right, so they're going in. Tata Martino is there. He's going in. They're revamping this roster the best they can within MLS rules. Right. We talked about the fact that they're going to move people around and do things in order to to satisfy this. If they get surprise players in, like, you know, say Andre, uh, Andres Iniesta, maybe they weren't planning on him coming. And now he's like, I want to come. I, wh- yeah, where are you guys going? Yeah, yeah. Barcelona Champions League. Right. Let's, on, do, let's it. do it. Let's do it. And now they have to move other players in order to sort of satisfy some of the stuff. So we'll see what that does and if the Galaxy can benefit from any of that. Um, I, I, I wouldn't hold my breath on all of it. Uh, the transfer window closing down August 2nd. The Galaxy have until then to sign anybody internal league member already added Tony Alfaro. Great. Not a huge like piece that you're sort of worried about, but he comes in as a defender. That's one. We expected three to four. I imagine the Galaxy probably pull off one more interleague move. I don't have any insights on that. I will tell you that the Chucky Lozano thing seems to be a false flag. Um, and I was reminded... Uh, You're allowed to say that? Yeah, I am. It usually has different connotations when you throw that out there. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Ch- uh, Chucky Lozano's, it, that doesn't seem to be happening. That sounds like an agent who's trying to, to you know, drum up hype business. up. Yeah, hype up business for his thing. So um, I'll tell you that from my talks with people, that's not happening. But I was reminded very carefully that the LA Galaxy, if you see a rumor out there that shows somebody who's on, who's still part of a team and there wants to be a transfer paid and all this stuff, the LA Galaxy are perfectly capable of signing pre-contracts for the January window, which means that they are shopping that window right now as well. So if you thought the Galaxy wouldn't be involved this summer, they can do a transfer for somebody. It would just be a pre-contract until January, and then they could bring them in. So shopping for 2024 as well. I wouldn't be surprised because I was specifically told (laughs) this. I wouldn't be surprised if you see one of those. Which is why when I'm going back to the Vancouver recap that I said, maybe, you know, the people who are making decisions are looking to next year as well. Um, because, you know, look at what happened with Julian Araujo in Barcelona. He didn't play uh, for that last half of the season. Right. So it's very well that you can sign someone and they're, you know, they don't play, you know, for the next six months. And then you, you know, kick things back up in January or maybe, you know, you sign someone up, let them, you know, play on the club that they're at on loan for, you know, a few months and then. When you, the MLS offseason starts, you bring them in. With all these players coming in, you do hear a lot, well, they're changing the rules, they're doing all these things. I think the owners, like you said, they had that meeting and the rule changes are coming. Right. Uh, and this is where you look at the impact that Lionel Messi has on the league because they probably signed Lionel Messi and they made it work. They made the you know round peg fit in the square hole, but they realized we have to jump through a lot of hoops to make this work and to bring Apple in and to bring Adidas in. And it was really arduous and annoying and it didn't work. Right. What, what are we doing with Tam and Gam? Let's just change the rules. Let's make it easier to sign players. So I think this messy signing could be a marquee move in terms of getting the rules accelerated to be changed, to be more in line with world football. Uh, I think this could be kind of a catalyst to get that going. And then with the announcement, I was having this conversation earlier, shout out to, to my boy Thomas. Uh, I know he listens as well. You know, the, the Copa Libertadores piece where MLS is going to be competing in that. Possibly. I don't see that as 
them changing the rules to compete, I see Copa Libertadores wanting a piece of the messy pie right. and kind of finding a way to work out. But by, you know, ipso facto, what happens is, well, if we're going to be competing in that competition, why are we making it hard to be in these competitions like Le- League's Cup, like Copa Libertadores? Let's right. let's make it easier to sign players and to sign better players. So the impact that Messi has, you're going to feel it all around for the next few years because I think the rule changes are coming, and I don't think we can be upset about it because if there's a team that's going to benefit from it, I think the Galaxy are the type of team with an ownership group who is going to do what they can uh, you know, we've seen what they can when they weren't allowed to bend rules and what they did. So when they are allowed with rule changes, I think we can see the Galaxy possibly benefit from this situation. I'll say Jorge Mas now the big the big man on campus, right? So you talk about yeah. sort of the leader of the owners group. I mean, you sign Lionel Messi and you do the things you're doing. You get to yeah. walk in there a couple inches taller whenever you walk in. Uh, he said you get to walk in. Speaking of that, you get to walk in with your pants down into that meeting, I think. Yeah, you very well could. Uh, <laughs> he goes, uh, he said, I found the energy in the room today infectious. Uh, all of us understand the opportunity ahead of us, the opportunity to continue to grow the league. Hopefully this is a catalyst for the hyper growth that I and all of us aspire to. Uh, Moss added that Apple TV executives were in the meetings as well. Miami is continuing to push for fewer roster restrictions. Uh, one person I was having a discussion with uh, within uh, some different organizations around the LA Galaxy and MLS uh, said, maybe the owners will finally realize how stupid it is that you can pay Messi more than an entire team, but you can't take Messi's salary and spread it out across an entire roster. Right. And so there is some of that. Right. There is that sort of the the want for change in a more depth filled process was like, hey, if you want to spend 20 million dollars or 50 million dollars on Messi, how come you can't spend 50 million dollars on your team across spreading it across everybody? Right. Doesn't that build a better team if you're able to do? And those are the arguments that are starting to really surface. So. I wouldn't be surprised. Less restrictions to me means getting sort of rid of TAM stuff and having a higher sort of salary cap and being like, this is the salary cap. Salary cap is $30 million. You guys get to do with it what you want. You still get three DPs or you should get four DPs. You know, there's different ways to sort of do this. We'll see. Unlikely to affect this year, possibly affecting next year. Um, Let's sort of keep an eye on that as we go. Okay. And, And then just looking back to the Pavone issue with not registering the player or do, do whatever it is that they got in trouble for. You look at the messy deal and the rumors that involve it, you know, Apple TV being a piece of it, right. Adidas being a piece of it. Maybe that opens a door to where a DP where you allow, hey, if we have this sponsorship, you know, people are not crazy about Herbalife, but if Herbalife has connections with an athlete and they want to pay him a portion or, or dividends right. because they're the sponsor on the shirt, maybe you allow that kind of these special <laughs> privileges. It opens the door where maybe the league and the owners don't have to spend as that much money, but you can bring the sponsors in and they kind of foot the bill, but the league still benefits from it. I think you can get creative in a lot of ways that they can sign players in the future. Uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on that as that sort of uh, whittles its way down to everything. Again, we, we sort of told you that the LA Galaxy and their schedule coming up, you have the League's Cup stuff, but whenever we look at actually playing MLS games again, it's August 20th. The Galaxy will host Real Salt Lake at Dignity Hill Sports Park. Six days later, they'll host Chicago, uh, a way to San Jose, and then you look at the crazy time. September's going to be nuts. October's going to be nuts. The Galaxy could possibly be battling for a, a playoff chance, so we'll watch that. Uh, one final thing before we let you go for the night. I saw this come out. Uh, the Galactic Carnival for season ticket members coming up on July 30th, Sunday, July 30th from 4 to 8 p.m. I uh, must RSVP by 726 to your season ticket rep. Respond to the email that they gave you. I don't know what this entails yet. I will ask. I will find out, and then we can talk about it a little bit more. But it's at Galaxy Park, um, which is the newly renovated fields that are out in front and the little mini fields and all that fun stuff that are out in front of Dignity Hill Sports Park. All right. 
which the tournament that they had there, the little, you know, teams that they had going, that looked like a fun event. You know, season ticket members, we see it all the time. What did they do to benefit? What's our thing? Looks like they're putting something on. I would imagine these events are, are usually pretty fun. I think there was one at a, what was the one at the beer garden, wasn't that? Or uh, Oktoberfest, yeah, something right. like that. I mm-hmm. think those events can be a lot of fun. So this feels like it's going to be kind of in that same vein. Uh, have yeah. you seen about a collaboration? Are we talking oh, about that? Are you we, can. Yeah. Yep, please. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. so the, the Galaxy teased the collaboration with Menace, Menace Worldwide or Menace Los Angeles, however you want to look at it. We get a, got a lot of questions when Ricky was seen wearing that jacket. Yep. When are we going to be able uh, to purchase it? When are people going to be able to get their hands on it? So I have been told that this Menace LA Galaxy collaboration is, and I quote, the greatest collaboration in MLS consumer product history. Dun, dun, dun. So that that just, is, that's that big. Is, that's massive. That's big. There's going to be multiple pieces in the collection. So, uh, you know, we're thinking maybe it's just going to be a jacket. Maybe it's a hoodie. Maybe it's a one-off. But it sounds like there's going to be, you know, five or more pieces going to be part of the collection. It's going to be available July 28th. So okay. that's a week from tomorrow. If you're and listening to this tomorrow, then it's today. July 28th uh, at noon. You can go to the website, menacelosangeles.com. You can sign up to get early access. You get put in your phone number. And so this is supposed to be a big deal. Again, I'm going to sound like a big dork as I read this, but I went on uh, uh, LA, uh, an LA fashion site. And basically if you don't know what menace is, it's a, you know, LA based uh, label by Latino designer, Steven Mena. It was opened in 2013. It's a street culture brand. So it's kind of the, you know, the LA glitz and glamour. This is the darker side that they kind of pull things from. So it's a popular brand. If you see their stuff on social media, you can find them at Menace Worldwide. They have a lot of, this is like high end, you know, leather, high quality Leatherman, Letterman jacket type things. So if you see the quality of stuff that they put out, this is something that a lot of people are excited about. Um, the thing that raises eyebrows is, is this going to be expensive because you look yes. at something that's yes. leather and it's going to be expensive and, or, or, you know, something like, a, uh, you know, some of the hoodies and things that might be available. It is going to be expensive, but pieces that might normally cost right. $500, you know, a thousand dollars, this is meant to be affordable streetwear. So it's not going to be cheap, but you're looking maybe in the $200 range, $300 range for two to 500, a, I would say for that's a $500 yeah. level quality, you know, right. garment. That's, it is what it is. And especially when you look at the quality of stuff that they put out, it's it's going to be pretty sweet, especially if you're a diehard Galaxy fan. So I've been told this is a big deal. People have been asking. And uh, so I just wanted to pass along that information that was, uh, you know, put on my lap. Um, what size are you? I'm an, I'm an XL. And again, XL. if they're listening. Yeah, XL. And, you know, and if you happen to enjoy the influence that I may have on people to go to the collaboration and you want to send some items my way, you know, from the Menace LA Galaxy collaboration. I wouldn't be upset about it. Send it over. I wouldn't be upset about it. Or even a Rexum scarf. I wouldn't be upset about that either. Yeah, just whatever. We, I I have Eric's. If you don't know I'm where I'm happy Eric to is, pass this information yeah. along. Is all I'm saying. We can get get. Yeah, I'm trying to get my boy some of his stuff. I remember back in the day, I was telling this whenever Jared and I were doing the podcast. One of the, whenever we first started really getting like popular with people and people were listening to us, um, the the Galaxy did the Adidas capsule collection, right? And it was like LA Galaxy based, and and Jared and I both got full capsule collections. And I was like, "Is this what it's like to be famous? Is this what it, you get stuff? <laughs> like I didn't do anything. Swag and, bags. I, I'll do it. You know, yeah. someone made a, a educator joke. They said I was doing closed reading of the chat. Which shout out to you, Lasso's Optimism. That made me chuckle. But if you've ever been to a teaching conference, the things, the lengths people will go for 
a free T-shirt or a swag bag. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's impressive. Yeah, yeah. we we, so I'm, we I'm, are I'm sellouts. Not below that. I, it, is, I, I, it is what it is. Total sellouts. That's what we are. Total sellouts. Absolutely. So anyway, uh, very good. Well, uh, like I said, LA Galaxy two and Wrexham coming up on Saturday. Galaxy back in action in League's Cup on Tuesday. So we will get you ready for all that on a Monday podcast. That's what we have ready for you. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Enjoy it. Relax, kick your feet up, have a margarita in a can if you'd like, um, yeah. or or something better. I would suggest so, better. This is this is going to be a good weekend. We have uh, Barbenheimer coming out. If you're watching Barbie or Oppenheimer, you have the Women's World Cup, you have Leagues Cup, you yep. have Messi playing. The the, the so world is soccer. a buzz. Summer is summering right now. So yeah, in, enjoy it. All right, very good, Eric. Anything else that you want to talk about before we get out of here? No, I think we're good. I think we've covered it all. Tell people where they can find you. Let's go. All right. As always, you can find me on everything at HammerEV9. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and threads. That's at HammerEV and the number nine. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at JGuessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. Of course, at Galaxy Podcast. On Twitter, on threads, on anywhere else that you're looking for, at Galaxy Podcast. CornerTheGalaxy.com is where you can find it. Of course, that's always great. $5 Super Chat from Scott says, I need some gear, but they don't make 4XL, right? I, I know. I feel, I feel your pain. I'm still a large LA Galaxy. Don't get any ideas. All right want to make sure all right you're looking for the podcast that's where you can find it hope everybody has a wonderful weekend we'll be back on monday probably yeah monday monday sounds good all right for eric the portuguese hammer Vieira, i'm josh pato guess you've been listening you've been watching to our little corner of the galaxy have a great one everybody you've been listening to the corner of the galaxy podcast on corner of the galaxy.com you can follow the show on twitter and instagram at galaxy podcast and be sure to check out and subscribe to itunes stitcher and facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody. <laughs>